0: Yeah You may ask who's this bro He's just your average Joe Sales and coffee. If you give him your time, you'll see there's more to life with sports, sales, and coffee. So go tell your friends to listen to this trend on sports,
1: sales, and coffee. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, what is going on? My name is Justin, this is Sports Sales and Coffee, and I appreciate you taking the time out of your very busy day, allowing me to enter your ear holes and tickle that beautiful brain of yours with a little bit of information, a little bit of knowledge, and even some motivation that will hopefully help you reach and exceed your sales goals so you can absolutely dominate if you enjoy what you're to, and I really hope you do and you are, it would mean the world to me. If you could like, subscribe, and comment to wherever you listen to the podcast. If you could continue to tell a friend to tell a friend about the podcast, because that's what you're doing and it's growing every day because of you, the listener. So thank you so much. And then I'd love to be friends ourselves. So follow me. A, follow me on social media, I'll follow you back at sports sales Coffee on Instagram, Facebook, and on TikTok at SSC underscore podcast on Twitter, sports Sales and Coffee on LinkedIn, or hit me up on email, sports sales Coffee at gmail.com, slide into my DMs, let me know your thoughts, your feelings, if you have an idea for an episode, or you just want to chop it up, let me know, I'm very assess- accessible, and, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can, so thank you so much for rocking with me, um, and this is episode 120, I'm excited, uh, I got to now sit down with my good buddy, Seth Schumann. Uh, he sells group tickets for the Boston Red Sox, but he's been really all over. He worked in the NFL. He worked in the minor leagues for the, for the D League, now the G League. Um, he's very well-versed. He, he's a killer man he's a killer he's a two-time world champion um, and, and I, I was very excited to have him on so this is the audio from SSC live I think we talk about a lot of stuff we, we I think there's a lot of good informational nuggets that you can pull out um, from what he's doing and he's, and he's very well respected he, he's a great guy he's a great person so I was very excited and I was a little nervous to have him on but we're good buddies so I was very very happy so without further ado um, also I kind of cut the audio up a little bit wrong so you're gonna hear me talk the first thing of that if you watch SSC live Until I take down this wallpaper, it's terrible, striped, 80s wallpaper that you're going to see. So tune in for that. It's also, if you want to see my my ugly mug and Seth's beautiful mug, um, it is on uh, IGTV. It's just right on my Instagram page, so you can go pull that off. And I've been thinking about trying to make maybe a YouTube channel, but you know what? Probably not. I'm going to stop talking because this is a long episode. I want you to enjoy every little bit of it. So without further ado, episode 120, the Seth Schumann interview let's go and yeah i haven't changed the wallpaper yet so you get to look at this in the background the whole time hey buddy. What's, up, what's up man
0: how Hello are you doing sir
1: i'm oh. good i'm good and yourself i'm hanging in there i thought we had some technical difficulties to start out with and i was like perfect
0: yeah i'm not all that computer savvy so uh i was working to try to get it up on my computer instead you know just one with the old cell phone oh yeah see that's what i do and you when mean- went in doubt
1: when in doubt, uh, you'd be very proud of, of the setup I have right here. It's like two Chargers. Well, you look you look good regardless. I'm trying, man. I wore a green hoodie. Hopefully that would relate with the kids.
0: I liked it. I liked it. A little LRG. A well, little LRG. Uh, uh, I mean, it's basketball season, so Celtics colors, and you know I'm for that. Always for that season on uh, Tuesday, right? Twenty second. Uh, first preseason was yesterday, but um, yeah. last night. So it was good to see the boys back on the court.
1: I know it, it's been too long. What is it, a I month know. and a half? <laughs> a real short <laughs> off
0: season for them. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> think was, yeah. We're to see a lot of growth from from a lot of guys during this off season. A lot of yeah, off season w- regiments coming yeah. to
1: play. Real quick, real quick. So, but hey, man, I appreciate you
0: taking the time. Appreciate you
1: joining me. Jumping on, uh, we'll have some fun. We'll talk and. It's been a long time since I talked to you, I think
0: since Friday. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm very lucky. I've uh, had <laughs> to talk to you often. Um, and no, I'm honored to be here. I'm a big fan of what you do. Uh, the sports sales and coffee uh, is fantastic. Um, I've joked that I've been a long time listener and you know, appreciate excited that. To, excited to be on. But no, you've, all, you've been somebody even throughout this uh, yeah. pandemic I've been able to lean on for professional advice. And, um, you know, I, I, uh, I've really appreciated it. Well, thanks, man. Thanks, man. The, the checks in the mail. So, thank you. Th- th- they were saying all that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm far, I'm far from an influencer, uh, so I, I don't, I don't. This, this, one's probably on the house. Hey, hey man, you could, you could have uh, confused me from that LinkedIn post. I mean, that thing blew up. I, I've been getting advice from some of my, my colleagues, uh, Jennifer Davidson. You know, our resident uh, influencer over at the Red Sox. She's been helping me out. That's well, it's working because i i am not technologically savvy so (laughs) just just reposting even reposting what you what you sent was a challenge but you know kudos to your photoshopping making me look respectable Uh, i got a lot of texts and uh, a lot of jokes thrown at me uh, from from that you could have at least cut the beer out i mean make me look somewhat professional in the In the photo.
1: I mean, you listen to the podcast. I'm not very professional. And
0: it wouldn't have have fooled anybody anyways. No, no.
1: You got to be real. You got to go with the flow and and make it happen. I couldn't agree more. Well, let me ask you this. For the people that don't know you, and if they they don't know you, they're crazy. They should. But who is Seth Schumann? Tell me a little bit about yourself.
0: (laughs) Sure. It's uh, a deep question. So, uh, (laughs) professionally, I am a group sales uh, account executive with the Boston Red Sox. Um, I've been working in sports since I was, uh, since I was 15, I was a ball boy and locker room attendant for the Boston Celtics. So I uh, got uh, a chance to see behind the scenes and, and start my professional career a little early. Um, from there, I, uh, came up to Portland, Maine, where we crossed yep. paths working with the main red claws, uh, which was an amazing experience. And then from there, it took me down South to the NFL. Uh, and I got to, uh, I got to work for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but uh, before making my way back home to the Boston Red Sox and spending my days at Fenway or at least before this pandemic, got to, I get to spend my days at Fenway Park. So it's not bad for a, a homegrown Boston guy. No, not uh, at all. To, uh, to be able to do.
1: I mean, to be at the, the Cathedral of Boston is, I mean, to that be your place of
0: work is pretty awesome. Absolutely. I mean, I grew up in the shadows uh, of Fenway Park. So, okay. um, you know, a lot of fond memories there. I was actually a clubhouse attendant there. Uh, for a year as well, when I was in college, so I I was reading my textbooks in the uh, in the dugout before players showed up, and That's awesome. trying to get some trying to get some homework in between, you know, running laundry and serving food for the for the visiting team uh, back in the day. <laughs> that is awesome. Now,
1: do you still get chills when you go out on Fenway? Are you allowed to go no, on the field?
0: No, I, I do. I mean, every day, um, and yeah. you know, it's it's one of the reasons I, I'm so fortunate to do it, what I do. I mean. Uh, I, I joke a lot that someday I'll grow up and get a real job. Uh, but for now, I get to be a big kid. You know, I'm a Boston sports fan. And um, when you're having a tough day uh, or, you you know, you need some motivation, you know, just going for a walk outside your cubicle and, and stepping into Fenway Park, I mean, it, it hits you in the face. And it's, uh, it, it's a special place for sure, whether it's your first time there or it's your thousandth time there.
1: Absolutely. And so I got a lot of questions for you, but I want to get this one out of the way early. And I, I use it to kind of promote this. You're a two-time champion. You're an NBA champion and a World Series champion. How does that feel to be a two-time two-sport
0: champion? <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. I mean, as, as you know, you know, winning a championship in, in sports, it, you know, well, well I wouldn't know the... that. I wouldn't well, know I that, mean, <laughs> right? I mean, it's it's just it's sheer luck uh you know you got to be in the right place yeah. at the right time I mean I'm not on the player's side I can't take credit I didn't hit <laughs> any home runs or or dunk any basketballs but um you know it, it, I work for I've worked for some great um organizations and you know you got to be able to celebrate every chance you can but you know you know how hard it is working in sports Absolutely. It's long hours it's little pay and any opportunity you get to you know celebrate like a champion spray some champagne is a good thing um but even without the rings, I mean, I've worked for some amazing organizations, you know, in Portland starting a, a franchise in, in Tampa, we were the number one group sales team. So, you know, I like to think I've worked for a lot of championship organizations if we've had the ring or not, but um, it was, uh, it's, it's great to be able to someday give those to, to my little guy. And, yeah. um, and if you, you know, you drive by my house, you'll often see me wearing it as I shuffle the steps <laughs> or, or take out the garbage. I mean, every chance I, I get to throw on a championship ring, I'll, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll take
1: yeah, not many people get that opportunity. So that, that's awesome that you have that. And it's just a, it's a great story. And, you know, 08 and 18, right?
0: Uh, yeah, 08 and yep. 18. Uh, Celtics uh, was the first one. And then yeah. um, this past Red Sox uh, championship. So, so in the right place at the right time. Now, has it crossed your mind to maybe try to get a part-time
1: job with the Bruins or the Patriots <laughs> to try to get the full Boston sweep we hopefully joked a lot get of,
0: it? We've joked a lot about it. Uh, maybe someday. Maybe so. I mean, because
1: I feel like if you can close it out and get four, you gotta be put up in, in the Boston
0: Rushmore. Yeah, I don't know it's Brady don't know or Bird. I gotta, shoot. I gotta do some research. I mean, maybe there's a an organist or concession stands employee, somebody that's <laughs> that's seen them all, security guard, camera crew, who knows? But uh, I'd like to be in that rare someday, maybe. I
1: mean, yeah. I mean, hey, whatever that is, that is a small group to be a part of. <laughs> Yeah, but even the two ranks. But so let's get into more maybe kind of serious questions. But how and why did you want to get into the sports industry? I know you said you started to, since you were 15. Um, was it something, you know, you're very passionate about? Did you always know that you wanted to kind of maybe move into the sales role? Because I know when you said you started out, especially with the Celtics, or not especially, but with the Celtics, you were more on the operations side. Now you're doing group sales and individual tickets. Why did you want to get into sports? And then when did you see that transition? To move into more of the business side, happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think like like you know, most kids growing up in uh, in in Boston, you know, I was a diehard sports fan, um, and uh, my family is a sports family. Um, you know, my my dad uh, did some work uh, with the Celtics years ago, working in the wives' room, uh, is like a part-time thing. And you know, the most special time together was you know watching watching sports uh, whether on the couch or when we got the rare opportunity to go to the garden so you know like most yep. people i'm a fan and um uh you know it, it's something i was passionate about something i loved. but i knew i wasn't going to be likely to play professionally so <laughs> yeah. you know like like uh, you've been on the courts with me you know you've you've seen me in, in athletic competition it's it's unlikely that i would have got a deal uh, at some points
1: um, yeah me, me and you got told
0: pretty early that uh yeah you, you're yeah. probably done here yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, if I was going to stay involved, I, I had to find other ways to stay involved. And um, if it's, if it's something you're passionate about, find a way to do it. And, and like anything else, sports is a business and you find, you know, ways to get involved uh, in that business. Um, and uh, you know, just tried to do it as early as I could. Um, and uh, when I got the opportunity to do it, the Celtics um, you know, low level stuff, if you keep your mouth shut and you run mm-hmm. when somebody asks you to do something you, you don't ask for autographs they kept inviting me back uh which i'm very grateful for it was an amazing experience it opened a lot of doors like you said with with a ring it's a conversation starter uh, yep. It probably got me some interviews that i was unqualified for um and uh gave <laughs> me some opportunities uh that i i wouldn't have had otherwise
1: absolutely i think that's a huge point too starting low level and then working yourself up and just doing
0: kind of doing what you're told
1: putting in you know extra effort and just kind of working and grinding, and then you learn the business. You kind of understand what you do and you don't like, and then you can kind of progress from there. So I think that's, yeah. that's some really good knowledge.
0: A hundred percent. I mean, just uh, absorbing what you can see. Um, you know, I, uh, I didn't go to school uh, for sports marketing. morning. I went to Bentley, you know, right down the street uh, here in, ba- in, in Waltham, uh, but I studied business. Yeah. It was something, you know, that I, I knew there was a long line to get involved in sports, but I wanted to have something to fall back on. Uh, yeah. Plus, with a knowledge of business, uh, you, you're useful everywhere, whether that be in sports, as I mentioned, it, it's a business or mm-hmm. or something else. Um, but I think kids these days have such a leg up. I mean, the sports marketing, uh, yeah. court, you know, majors and the different classes are, you know, they're, they're starting off, you know, light years uh, ahead of 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 where you know you and I were back in the day. Uh, heck, I got you know high school kids reaching out on on yeah. LinkedIn, you know, saying. Hey, I'm passionate about sports. I want to get involved. What would you recommend? Do you have a minute to talk? And, you know, I really applaud this, you know, next generation for utilizing those resources that I wish I had when, you know, I was their age.
1: Oh, absolutely. I I know. And when I was in school and I graduated in 2010, it was sports marketing was such a new program, especially to USM where I went that I thought about it, but you didn't really know what you could do after that. And I wasn't willing to move. And it was kind of, Different, but if you're willing to move, if you're willing to grind, you can really find a job in sports and work yourself up and and move around. So, in 2009, when you when you went with the Red, the red Claws, was that your first kind of sales job or, or
0: your first kind of business end of of sports? It it was. Um, you know, like you said, the Celtics was uh, operational. It was a lot of customer service. You know, keeping players and you know VIPs happy. Uh, But the Red Claws was my first opportunity to really cut my teeth in in the sales world. And um, it was an amazing experience. I mean, I'm forever indebted uh, to the crew up there, Um, you know, John Jennings and and Bill Ryan and that whole team. I mean, we were just on a chat with a few of those guys the other day. I mean, I really, I look back at those as some of like the best years, you know, I had professionally, Uh, you know, starting up a franchise. It was brand new. Um, It it was an amazing experience. Um, You know, you got to, you got to take risks you got to experiment you got to fail you know it was um it was an amazing opportunity and uh you know starting a franchise is is unlike anything i've i've ever been a part of um, absolutely but I, but i remember that group real fondly that was all yeah was a, we, we had a lot of good times uh, up there in maine and yeah uh, and you, you had a couple good interns is there, is there one that that, sticks, oh, out, that, that yeah, sticks out there's so many you know there's so many but i mean really, one that comes to mind maybe uh, I'd have to get back. I'd have to get back to uh, on that. Um, <laughs> so but you so know, st- that, that team, that team was great. And you know, the minor leagues is, is, is such a wonderful thing. Cause you get to do so much. Um, so I, yes. you know, started off selling, um, and, and just got to do, you know, it's minor leagues, So you wear so many hats. I mean, I, I showed up on their first day. Um, and, uh, as a volunteer, uh, you know, Cam Twist, our yep. um, operations uh, manager over there. Um, you know, was nice enough to let me sleep on his couch and answer phones. <laughs> and uh, I mean, it was the first day they announced the team. We didn't have a rug uh, in the office. Right. We didn't have a name for the organization. And um, you start doing more and more, little by little, and uh, eventually the owner walked by one day and said, "Are we paying you?" And I said, "No." And he said, <laughs> "We should talk about it." And I said, I, "I agree. We should. We should. We should talk about it." Yes, please absolutely uh, and, and then so um, how long were you how long were you volunteering for it was it was a good couple months um, wow okay where, where i was up there uh just answering phones and there was so much work to be done yeah. that you know i started selling season tickets and i started um selling groups and i started selling sponsorships and um there was you know you you just learned um the you know the the ins and outs of the business and what what goes into running a, an, an organization. I mean, up until then, I knew there was players and general managers, you know, for, for careers. I, I never knew the, the ins and outs. And, you know, Abby Pierce and-, and Janice Balding and, you know, uh, Eric Little, Ray Matthews, you know, they were really um, kind of take me under their wing and kind of show me the ropes. And we all learned together, you know, hands on those first couple of years. But it was an amazing experience.
1: Absolutely. I mean, building something from the ground up, I mean, showing up without a rug and then building something, it's got to be amazing. And then when you're pushing season tickets and sponsorship and all that, because um, I know I, I have a few listen, listeners. When I say a few, I mean like four. Um, I think that's still a, a few.
0: Hey, um, I'm a proud member of that, too.
1: <laughs> that's right. So the three other the, the three others other than you, yourself, it, when they're starting in this maybe a market that they're working for, maybe not so much of a well-known team, like you know something that it's not a major league, it's a minor league, where you have to introduce yourself. How sure. is that experience calling someone that, they didn't know what the, the main Red Claws were. Maybe they didn't watch the news. They didn't see the buzz. I mean, two years in, they knew what the Red Claws were. But starting out, you were an idea. How was it getting to the, the decision maker and making that pitch and, and calling groups to, have, to trust in you to think, let me bring a group out here when nobody knows what's going on? How was that yeah. experience?
0: You know, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, it. It was kind of refreshing to have a clean slate. Um, you know, I I, now and and in the past, I've worked for some famed organizations, but everybody has an experience already. Everybody has a preconceived notion of what those organizations are, what they should be. And, and in Portland, you know, it was, it it was open, it was brand new. Um, And, you know, I think in any sales, a lot of what you're doing is educating the, uh, the prospects on Mm -hmm. how you can be a resource, you know, what, what you're offering and who you are, both as a, you know, as a sales rep and as, as, you know, a, a potential client. Um, and then, and Portland, you know, you really got the opportunity to paint that picture um, from a, from, you know, a, a clean slate. Um, so a lot of that was, a lot of that was fun. Um, it was exhausting. I mean, we did, I bet. you know, you, you, you can remember, I mean, we did a ton of work and it was late nights. Um, you know, we would do the Kiwanis club, you know, meetings yeah. and we would do the Portland you know chamber you know, uh, events. And, um, I, you know, I was really fortunate to have a hands-on owner, uh, and, and president, um, in Bill Ryan and John Jennings that, you know, we could drag to those kind of meetings and those events, those, those poor guys, but they gave their time yeah. to, um, uh, to help us out every, every day. Oh, yeah. we went. Uh, and the fans, you know, in Portland, they're, they're, they're good sports fans. I mean, you see it with the, with the sea dogs, Yeah, know, it's a great basketball town. Um, so I think people were excited, uh, to, to learn and to experience what we had to offer. Uh, but we had to first really get out there in front of them and, and teach and educate um, back when we were main basketball before we were even the, that was it. The, the Portland Red Claws.
1: And just going forward anyway. and you were going to any, any group that would let, let you talk and say hello and gaining ab- information ab- and educating and yeah.
0: Absolutely, I mean, I think I left my business card on car windshields uh, <laughs> once or twice. You know when you see a really nice car in the old port. I mean, there was a lot of things I'm not I'm not proud about now, um, but you know it was it was grassroots and you know we uh, we we got after. You had to really get after it. I mean, it was a as you know you know sports is a young man's game and you know we were energized by some yep. great interns and some uh, great salespeople uh, and we had a we had a lot of fun with it. We burned the candles at both ends and um, oh, you know, yeah. I'm really proud. When I get to go back and catch a a, a claws game now, I'm really proud of of uh, of the work everybody's done to, to build that up
1: absolutely and you guys did a phenomenal job it was a two-year sellout streak right was it... It, was, it was yeah the, the two... first
0: two years um it was and, the hottest uh, ticket in portland it, it was a tough i mean it's a little venue um you know the, the portland expo but it's a great energy when you're in there and there's you know uh screaming fans and you know the music was blasting because I was the arena DJ. Uh you know, the, 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 the um you know the the crowd was going nuts, you know we got a light show in there for intros you know it was it was fun stuff our our on court uh host was you know exemplary it was great uh, we we did a lot of fun stuff up there
1: oh it, it was a lot a lot of new stuff, a lot of fun stuff it, it was a great time and and I just remember um this the sellout out streak and and I just remember you know it was the hottest ticket and people were just assumed, oh, no, I, I can't get a ticket there. And I think even the first few games were, were scalped heavily online. I mean, it was <laughs> it, it was tough. It was tough to go, but it was great. You guys, it, it was fun. But So then after your Red Claws experience, you jumped, you jumped ship, changed sports, went down to Tampa Bay, and you went down in 2013? That sounds right. Sounds right. Sounds right about, about that. How was the transition from the minor leagues to the major leagues.
0: It's a, it was a whole different world. Um, You know, uh, it was, it was nice to, to, you know, get to a new city and similar, you know, in in Portland, kind of starting my, my career and my job, you know, fresh. Um, But, you know, the major leagues, you just have a different level of, of resources available. Um, You know, and, and as I mentioned, you know, the name, the team had existed. We weren't starting anything new. Um, You're still a lot of work in getting, out your offering and 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 educating fans as i mentioned but you know i tried to bring the same uh work ethic and the same passion um that uh you know that helped sell out the expo in in maine down down to tampa uh it was it's tampa's a a great city uh it's a great team Uh, they had a great culture it's really a family-ran business so you had a lot of support throughout the organization you know different part departments working closely together and you know my uh my, um, you know, manager Terry Roy, my director Amy, uh, and our chief ticket officer Ben, you know, are just they—they they, they run a, a, an exceptional team down there. So it was a great experience. The weather was awesome. Uh, I think about it whenever I'm, you know, shoveling my steps, about wearing the <laughs> ring. Um, But uh, it was a—it was a great experience, um, you know, for for me and my my wife to to move down to Florida and get a get a shot at the, the NFL.
1: Absolutely. Now, how was it going from 24 games? to eight um i mean, was
0: groups yeah it was great it was great uh, <laughs> it was great um and then <laughs> I, I i went the wrong way and i came in to the baseball so <laughs> a, a lot of, yeah a lot of people say i'm crazy for that my wife uh especially um but the nfl was you know it's the biggest stage stage there is you know Absolutely. sundays uh and football it's it's electric and you know when you you know walk through that tailgate you know on your way to the building or to check on a client and there's just thousands of people out there having a good time and they waited all week for it um it's it's a it's a special thing um now you know taking that energy into an 81 game baseball season you know you want every game to be that big of an event because it it is for somebody you know it, yes it was for me as a little kid you know, that was the one game I got to go to with my dad. I slept with the ticket under my pillow. You know, that one game is the big event. Um, so, yep. you know, what we've, we try to do is not let it show that we're exhausted as a staff, um, you yeah. know, and, and <laughs> in the 10th game of a homestand when, you know, the night before was a double header after a rainout. I mean, I don't have to tell you, yep. you it, it can be exhausting. <laughs> and It's a grind and juggling it all and keeping it all straight, uh, is, is, is a lot. Um, you just – you can't let it show.
1: No, absolutely. You got to put a smile on. You got you to shake hands, kiss babies. And, and and you're right. It's it's someone's first game yeah. or it's the game they're looking forward to. They're coming with new people and you want to kind of give them, them, them that experience and not kind of just overlook it and just say –
0: I think it was the, like the old Michael Jordan line. You know, he didn't take days off like some, you know, players do now uh, when it's not a nationally televised game and they need a rest day. You know, he played yeah. for that that kid that you know his dad worked two jobs and saved up and brought him for the game and you know he put on a show for that that kid but
1: absolutely um, you
0: know so you try to you try to grit your teeth and and, and grind through it but you know, I think it's okay to show that you're a little human sometimes and oh you, know, if you yeah. see bags under my eyes it's, it's understandable
1: <laughs> that's why you, that's why coffee was invented right sure, and, sure. and now you know even more that you're a father it's just coffee 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 all the time and, 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 and go back to that that Michael Jordan and that's what, what, uh, and that's why I respected Kobe so much, is that his last year, he purposely was like, I'm not going to sit out on away games. Yeah. I'm going to play every away yeah. game because people have spent their hard-earned money to kind of come out and see me, and I want to give them that show. So it's a 100%. It's and,
0: and, I mean, you talking about scalping tickets. You, I mean, you saw how expensive oh. some of those Kobe last games were going for. Um, for his send-off. I mean, if you had spent two grand on a ticket and, and Kobe, you know, took the night off or couldn't play, you'd, you'd be heartbroken. <laughs> heartbroken. I had a guy in my office who bought um,
1: – it was Miami Heat when LeBron was on there and he would come to the Celtics and got those tickets. Yeah. And I think it was, it was LeBron, Wade, and like three other guys sat. And he's like, great. All I just spent a, I, I, I spent a bunch of money to go see Chris Bosh.
0: <laughs> it happens. I mean, I, I understand both sides of it. Absolutely. I mean, if you're a player, you got to be ready for the postseason. That's where you make your money. But, you know, as a, I'm, I'm always a fan first. Um, and, and yep. you know, I think that's what makes me good in my job is I can empathize with, with the fans because I'm, I'm a fan. And uh, I would want to see – not LeBron, you know, I'm a Celtic fan. Yeah. But I would want yeah, to see the big-name guys yeah. when, they, when they come to town. Absolutely. So,
1: but going back to working those eight games, what, did you feel like it was overwhelming to have all those groups – Show up because you know just playing the odds, you probably had more groups come you know per game, sure, working for the bucks than you did for you know the Red Sox right now, just because it, it's all spread out. How was that talking to each one? did you feel like you had time in that massive stadium We're kind of what was your your game day schedule looking like
0: it It was a challenge i mean you you couldn't possibly make it to every group to shake yeah. the hands and, and say hello and spend the time that that you wanted to um so you know, just like now, a lot of the work is is leading up to the game and making sure that they're prepared and that they have everything that that they need um, and also making sure they can reach you in, in the case yep. of an emergency. Um, so, really, you want to get it to a point where you don't need to see them, and if you do get the opportunity, it's, it's an extra bonus. It's, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's a um, – You know, it's icing on the cake, Um, but I want them to feel like I'm there with them the entire time. They have my cell phone in hand, Um, but I I logged a lot of steps on on (laughs) Sunday at at Raymond James Stadium in, you know, oppressive heat. Um, You know, we uh, we got in there really early. You know, we made sure the tailgates were running smoothly, that buses were arriving. Uh, We often had a lot of pregame, you know, assets and events going on. Um, and then we worked in the box office. Uh, so we oh, did? We, handled, okay. we, yeah, we worked uh, usually a window in the box office, uh, will call or ticket sales. Um, and it was nice for that because you could troubleshoot. You know, if you got a call from a client that's saying, one of my tickets isn't scanning or somebody lost a ticket, we need to replace it. You could be Johnny on the spot because you're there at a terminal. You, know, you just got to shut your window down for a minute and put out that fire. Um, and then, you know, once the game gets going, that's when I was able to, unless I had like a little, you know, a, a Pop Warner team playing playing at halftime or something like that, that's when I could run around a little bit and, uh, and check up on those clients that, you know, needed a little extra care or I just wanted to say hello to, uh, you know, we had a lot of fun people yeah. down there. You know, the, the little old ladies that came in by bus from New Orleans with their 100-person, you know, seniors group, uh, you know, it, it was a lot of fun to to go and visit some of them in the stands. Absolutely. Now, did you have a category that you
1: kind of – specialized in down for the bucks was kind of a free for all. And then how did you, I know I'm, I'm the master of asking long-winded questions. So no, it, it, it's also the prospecting. How did you go prospecting in such a big market of Tampa Bay? And maybe even like you said, the buses from new Orleans, how did you go about prospecting and finding these groups to come out to the game?
0: No, they're, they're good questions. Uh, Tampa was uh, full menu. So we sold. While my my primary um, job was groups, um, and I you know worked very closely with a lot of like youth sports uh, mm-hmm. down there, uh, it was kind of my niche. Um, but uh, but we were full menu. So okay. depending on uh, the timing of the year or what leads came across my desk, uh, you know I was selling season tickets, I was selling premium club seats, and I was selling was selling groups. Um, it, which, you know, it, it could often be challenging, but I'm of the frame of mind that, uh, you know, everyone can be a group leader. Um, so I, you know, I, I yep. cast a wide net and I let the the clients, the fan kind of lead the conversation. You know, if they're a company and, um, you know, season tickets is a good fit for them, awesome. I, you know, I'm happy to help with that. If it, you know, if, if it's, you know, he wants to bring his uh, kids, you know, school and PTO out to a game, do some fundraising, I'm happy to help with that. Mo- most importantly, I just wanted to be the guy, you know, I want to be Mm -hmm. your, your guy, your connection with the organization um, and, and help in any way I can. Um, From a prospecting standpoint, it was the same thing. You know, like I said, you cast a wide net and when something's working, you kind of find, you know, uh, offshoots uh, off of that. Um, You know, when the first little old lady from new Orleans, you know, gave me a call, I I realized that was a thing and I started looking up social groups, you know, online and, you know, it's, it's a different age where you're not uh, flipping through a, a yellow pages uh, and you have, you know, all the world's information at your fingertips. You just got to take the extra time to, um, uh, you know, to make that effort and to find those connections. And then, you know, you got to you, you gotta keep your ears open and wherever the that contact is leading you, keep pushing down down that path.
1: Absolutely. Now, let me ask you this because I know in the minor leagues and I think um, with your time with the Red Claws, I think this, you know, makes sense of, when you work for groups, it was more of the day really mattered. It was, they want to come out the Friday in November or, or whatever. Is that so much the same in, for, you know, NFL? Or is it the date matter or was it more of the opponent mattered And you were selling more of that, hey, the Saints are in town. And that's why this group wants to come out. Or is it more of the, the date worked for them?
0: Yeah, the... Um... It, it worked both ways, uh, but the the opponent was far more prevalent in the in the NFL and where I was in Tampa than say it is here with in Boston. You okay. know the, we're a lot more date dependent now here in Boston, and the Red Sox are you know the 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 driving factor for most people as opposed to living in Tampa. Uh, every game's going to be on a Sunday, except for you know we didn't have a lot of Monday night Thursday night football. <laughs> we didn't have Tom Brady, um, so it was a it was a little bit of a tougher sale, and uh, the nature of Florida in general, and especially Tampa, it's a very young up and coming city, but very few people are from Tampa. It's a lot of, it. you know, it's, it's kind of like what you see in like an LA or a New York is that people move from all over the, the, the world there. So a lot of them have their own hometown allegiances. You know, the, the Cowboys sold out like that, you know, we, we didn't have any group tickets. The, the Packers, you know, sell out like that. Um, but, you know, finding those niche, Fan groups, you know the the Saints fans group, the the Panthers fans group, the Falcons one, because you know they're coming every year. You can continue to grow that business and year in year out renew that group uh, was a was you know something I learned early and, and was able to to take advantage of. That's awesome. And then you
1: said earlier that Tampa Bay was the number one group sales group in the NFL.
0: What for is a couple they, of years the... while I was down there. It was, for a couple uh, of years they were it was quite an honor. Yeah.
1: It, now, how do you think you got to be n- number one? Was there a special practice that that you did or do you think it was the team or what what do you think
0: got should be number one uh I don't think it was the team we didn't win a lot of games when I was down there (laughs) um but you know there's a fine balance you know if you win too many you don't have the volume of tickets to sell um so you know we had a lot of opportunity down there and I think the organization uh took note of that and they put an emphasis on ticket sales on getting fans into the building on Fostering a love for the buccaneers, a love for football, and especially um, you know helped us uh, when it came to to groups um, so they you know we were able to to do some more creative things similar to like what we would do in the minors up in in maine um, to entice people to to come to games um, so I, cool. you know I, I don't think it it was the wins and losses because um, as you know as a, as a salesman, you don't sell wins and losses if you, the team mm-hmm. wins. It's icing on the on the cake. You know, it, it makes our jobs a little easier, uh, but we're experienced people and we're event people. And uh, selling that experience, selling that good time of getting together with your coworkers and, uh, and having some fun at a stadium, at a ballpark, um, that's, you know, what you want to emphasize.
1: Absolutely. Now, last box question. Did you ever fire the cannon? Were you ever allowed to?
0: No, I never got a chance to fire the cannon. It, um, but it was always fun you know uh stadium tours you know you take somebody out to the stadium to look at season tickets and being able to go up on the pirate ship was always cool and you could ring the bell and you know they wouldn't let me fire the cannons a little bit of pyrotechnics (laughs) there uh didn't want you know i already said i'm not technologically savvy i'd probably hurt myself um but it's yeah you don't yeah, but if you're a little kid and you know you're coming out to the um uh, to the stadium, it's such a unique stadium, and having a giant pirate ship is a lot of fun. So being able to to take those guests up there and, and let them see it for themselves, it was a great photo op and um, something something entertaining to do.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. And then so so four years down Tampa Bay, and then you uh you get the call to kind of come back, come back home with the Red Sox. Now I did during my research, my phenomenal research, I heard <laughs> I heard there was a rumor that when you moved up, there was a little interleague trade for a player to be named later. And that player was named Tom Brady as two years later, he was sent down to Tampa Bay to complete the trade. Is there truth to that?
0: Or is that, that it just may have been my, I may have been my dad that started that. Rumor. Got it. uh, but it's, I mean, it's, it's obvious who got the short end of, of, of that deal. Tampa Bay. Oh, clearly. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's yeah. what I was, yeah. was going to say. That's what I was going to say too. Yeah. No, I, I really missed it uh, from a sales role and a commission standpoint, Uh, being able to sell Tom Brady. Um, But, you know, when I I arrived in Boston, we won a championship shortly after. And, you know, being able to work for uh, a historic, you know, in a historic building for, you know, a a historic and um, renowned franchise, you know, like I said, growing up in the shadows of it, it was was a great opportunity. And my family and I were ready to make the move back to New England. We're New Englanders and wanted to settle down and start a family. So the timing was right for us.
1: Absolutely, that's great. And then you're back in the Red Sox. Things are going well. I mean, we'll take 2020 out of it, but things are going well. <laughs> and you know, moving forward and bringing in groups and and all that. Was there anything you kind of brought with you from Tampa? Um, maybe something that you learned or something that you did that you were able to bring with you, and that you know kind of works in Boston.
0: You know, I I think um, you know it was a great team that I was I was joining here. You know the. Um, in Boston. I mean, they, they do things the right way. Um, so it wasn't a matter of, you know, reinventing the wheel. I mean, I think yep. in, in this organization, in, in, in sports, um, it's a, uh, a, a close knit community and people talk to other organizations and they learn what works and what doesn't work. And they, there's some a great sharing of best practices. I think um, as an outsider, I was able to you know come in and, and adapt and learn how the Red Sox do things um, mm-hmm. and, and bring a little bit of my own personality to it. Yeah. And and then, you know, just kind of be uh, be a fan and and relate with with the with the uh, with the clientele. And um, and like I said, be their guy. Uh, You know, I tried to be as accessible as possible. um, And, uh, you know, having a a guy that you can reach out to, I think, will, you know, ideally makes it easier for them. And, you know, just bring that energy and excitement, that passion. Um, You know, I've listened to some of your other group podcast, I, I think you nailed it you. on the head is that you have to convey that excitement yep. to the group leader. And then that group leader has to convey it to the rest of the group. So it's, it's kind of like a phone tag, uh, you know, a telephone game is that, you know, you really have to be passionate and excited about it. And that's gotta be conveyed in every thing that you do so that they can do the same. Um, uh, and then you know, making it as easy on them as possible. Um, you know, nobody, uh, n- not many people that are buying, um, red Sox group tickets or anywhere else not many people it's that's their full-time gig you know they're doing it for you know a a company you know employee outing they're doing it for their school they're doing it as a volunteer little league coach you got to make it easy on them absolutely uh, you got to uh got to kind of hold their hand through it
1: yeah i think that's a that's a a huge part so you got to make it as easy as possible and you got to have so many different opportunities and you got to be their champion and and in control and you know, portray that, that fun enthusiasm and, and then hopefully that they can take it and then it's not, it doesn't turn into that terrible middle school game of of telephone where right. you say a and it gets back to you. It's like, wait, you said I could close the game. <laughs> like, I and could that, have the that's last game. Be,
0: that's always going to be a challenge because, you know, you can't control what the person you tell something is going to tell somebody else is going to tell somebody else. But, um, you know, you, you just got to gotta be accessible. You got to try to clearly and concisely yeah you know, lay out, uh, you know, the the opportunity and then make it as easy as possible for them. Yeah. Um, so that they, they can't possibly say no because they know that their group is going to enjoy it and um, a little bit of work uh, is well worth the, the reward.
1: Absolutely. And I know you talked about a, a little bit, but your first year bad, your first year with the Red Sox, going from eight games to 81 games, how was it? I mean, it's... were you almost like, hey, man, I'm dead into <laughs> the first homestand. Like, I already did what I did last year.
0: Oh, yeah, we did a whole, uh, you know, season worth of work in in the first week. Um, But I think it was, it was really nice that I was able to come in halfway through a season. Um, You know, I started like August one. So to be able to, to be able to see the team in action, and I mean, my group sales team and what they did, and the ins and outs of their day and just kind of assist them uh, in that was really eye opening. Um, And you know, it. it I, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. It's exhausting. You know what, what, uh, yeah. what they do. It's a, it's a, you know, a lot of work that goes into putting on the show of a baseball game. But you know, I'm inspired by by them and the work that they do. And um, you know, when you see the you see us buzzing around, uh, you know Fenway Park. It's you know it it it's because you know it's because it's fun and and yeah. we're enjoying it. And if I get to you know take a peek and watch uh, you know some of the action. For a minute while i'm you know running around it's it's uh you know it, a it makes for a nice night yeah absolutely and you're outside most of the day
1: too and you know the middle part of the season is always really nice weather i mean maybe yeah. later i mean right. you guys go later than we do so in october but then it's playoff baseball and then you're just excited for it anyway
0: well and that was something different um i never had really other than extreme circumstances, i never really had like rain delays or, or postponed games. You know, that's something kind of unique to baseball and the outdoor venue, you know, football, we played through almost anything. There was one yeah. preseason game that uh, there was a hurricane coming through and it was postponed to a few days later. Uh, it happened to be the night that I had uh, four Pop Warner teams playing a game at halftime. So that was a lot of fun to coordinate. Oh, I bet. Um, I- and a few yeah. lightning delays uh, down in Tampa because it's, you know, the lightning capital of the U S uh, <laughs> but, you know, it was a whole nother experience um, to, uh, yeah. to juggle those on, on top of learning a lot of other things. But, you know, we, we you just do the best you can and you be human. And I think people understand when those kind of things are out of your hands. I mean, similar to this past yeah. year, I mean, so much of it is out of your hands uh, and there's, you know, so much uncertainty. That all you can be is is human and a and a person and and let them know that you're in it with them and you're on their side and I'm I'll stand in the rain with you if I you know if, if it if it helps, um, absolutely. But eventually we're gonna have some fun. No, Yo, a- absolutely. You gotta
1: be you gotta be human and, and I think a lot of people know that, especially with rain delays and weather. It's you're not out there making it yeah. rain. You're, you're not. Right. It's not. Seth Schumann is like, hey man, thunderstorm. Like no, no. Rain lot. never yeah. once
0: I've never once made it rain in my life. So yeah. No.
1: I, <laughs> ever, ever. So let me ask you more about kind of sales. I'm a big believer that everyone does their own thing very, very well. And then sales is the process. Is there one part of the sales process that, that you feel you excel in that makes you great? Um, that kind of maybe you do better than other people. Like for my example, I think I'm very persistent. I I follow up with people and that's kind of my super important. Then that's my superpower. What is your sales superpower?
0: Um, you know, i i don't I'm not a great salesman i'll I'll be the first person to tell you um you know that I, I work with people in our premium side and in our academy and and my coworkers that that are excellent at what they do and you know I listen and i take a few things here and there and kind of put my own voice to it um so I think I've been able to learn a a lot from the you know those exceptional people around me uh yourself included i mean listening to the the podcast I've I've learned a lot and I've been able to put that in play, but I think um, I'm a relationship builder. You know, I'm a, you know, as I mentioned, you know, being human and and being a fan, you know, born and and bred in in Boston uh, allows me to relate to those people that I'm talking to uh, effortlessly. And, and I think, um, I think at the end of it that they know that I care and that I'm going to, you know, work my best to make sure that their experience is, uh, is what they, they hope it, it can be. Because like, like you said, you know, that one, Absolutely. That it's his one game he's coming to, and it means the world to him. Um, you know, I need, I need to yeah. make sure that I'm doing everything I can. So I think conveying that, um, you know, uh, yeah. and, and kind of building that relationship is, is something I'm, I'm good at. And, you know, letting that relationship develop um, and, uh, and, and and foster and grow and, and, and you maybe find some other avenues um, is something that I, I pride myself in.
1: Absolutely. I, I 100% agree with that. I just remember our experience together at the Red Claws. I mean, you got more hugs, handshakes, people walking up to you <laughs> after the game, kids that, that like you, you made their day and just building that relationship where it, it was it was way more than a salesperson to a, to a client or a prospect. It was more of like a friend to a friend and people kept coming back to you. You had a great renewal business because they trusted you. and You built that trust and you had that, you built that rapport, but you also didn't build that rapport from like checking the boxes and being like, where are you from? Where do you work? Like right. you weren't asking you were building a real conversation and a real experience and partnership, which I, I think is phenomenal. I think that's like, you say you might, might not be a good salesperson. I think that's kind of BS. I think that's what sets you above other people is that relationship
0: building, which is way well, better I mean, than you, what I have. You it too. I mean, you're an easy guy to talk to, um, you know, all, all, all that, I mean, that's, that's how I see sales is, you know, you just have to be an easy person to talk to. You have to care about what they say uh, to listen and to, um, you know, provide a a resource and a value within the confines of, of what their, their needs are. Um, So, you know, that's something that I've always looked, looked, um, you know, to do with in, in any role that I'm in. And it's, it's challenging at times. I mean, the, it you know, we oh, yeah. talked about the 81 games of baseball. I mean, it's an exhausting, grueling schedule, and you know, we have a huge book of business, so being able to give that time to everybody is, is a challenge. Um, but uh, every, everybody deserves it, so you know, absolutely you, you just try it. You got to make the time, uh, you know, it's worth it. In the
1: it's, it's definitely worth it, that. and you're right, it is a quick turno- turnover as you have a group coming Tuesday. They're gone Tuesday, you have a new one in Wednesday. So it's, right. it, it's finding that right, that schedule to make sure you're following up and you're making sure you're leading up to it, which that's some things that I struggle with where it's kind of last minute. Like, uh-oh, like it's Friday already. Like I need right. to build that up so, so keep yourself there. It's that what second is some...
0: game of the year thing. You know, you put Yo. so much work into that the night before and then that second game rolls around and it's like, did I cross off every box, you know, did I cross every T and dot every I that I needed to? And, you know, it's different in football, the games on Sunday, Monday, you call, you know, all your groups that came out, you ask them how, it, how, it, you know, the ones you didn't get to see, you ask them how they did, you know, um, you know, when are they coming back? You know, you get a chance to, to do those, uh, that kind of outreach. Whereas, you know, in baseball, you, there's four more games before you get a chance to step back and, and make that phone call sometimes.
1: Yeah. And you don't want to wait those four days and then call them when you kind of have an off day. Cause then it's right. too much time has passed. If there was an issue, you can't make it up and it's always, yeah. yes. Scheduling time. And an
0: off day is when you're, when you're selling the next one. So it's a, it's, it's a constant uh, battle. Absolutely. So what is one of the biggest challenges that you had
1: to overcome in selling sports? Was there something that you felt like you kind of, you lacked or had to overcome to kind of get you to the place that you are?
0: you know i, I think it's it 's kind of what we 're talking about is you know guarding your time and your your effort and your energy uh, i mean we 're we 're all human and there 's days we 're going to be burnt out and there 's times where you 're not going to want to make uh, you know as many phone calls as you know you should um, so you want to you want them to be impactful uh, and you want to you know get the most out of what you 're doing and you know if it's a 20 person group or a, a thousand person group you know i want to give them the same care and the same time the same commitment uh and i think um it, it's it's almost impossible to do so i, I you know i think you've got to um adapt and learn where your efforts lie yeah. and, and what can wait to the next day and that was that was challenging for me It still is, it still is um, yeah, oh yeah it's, especially you know in the it, during these times in the pandemic i mean it's natural to want to chase the quick short sale so that you can show results. You can show revenue coming in. I mean, we're all worried about job security uh, Mm -hmm. these days, but that's counterproductive for, for what we do. Um, You know, one, a a quick short sale isn't, you know, isn't in the organization's best interest, even if it looks good on the, on the sales board at the end of the day, Um, it's that relationship and, and cultivating that and growing it you know, playing the long game. So, yep. you know, it, it, and that's a challenge that, uh, you know, that I face every day. Um, but I, I'm, I'm getting better and better at understanding what the organizational goals are and where I can fit in um, and, and then make those calls with a purpose and, and that in mind.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's, that's super important to kind of understanding where you go and putting in that time and trying to – it is impossible to, to, to kind of treat everyone the same because you
0: have to prioritize it when you're bringing in yeah, a, a lot especially of especially when you ramble like I do I mean a, oh, one yeah. phone call can be 25 minutes long and, and you know there's only there's only so many phone calls you can make in a day before the you know the sun's down so how did you how did you kind of overcome
1: that or how did you become better at that was there any kind of tips you you did or any kind of new strategies you implemented to overcome that struggle i, I
0: think it was uh it was leaders at, you know, seeing that in me and saying, you know, I know you want to be everybody's best friend and I know you want to have an hour long conversation, uh, but you can't do that. Um, And, you know, you you can't do it all the time. Um, So it was, it was uh, some tough bosses yelling at me to say, you know, this is what makes you good. But, you know, if, if you're going to, if you're going to hit the the numbers and you're going to get to everybody you need to, you need to pull back at at times. Um, So you need to know when, when to, uh, when to use it and when to, um, you know, cut it short. Sometimes.
1: Yeah, and that's and, and that's great having that outside perspective to kind of break your glass and be like, oh yeah, I am doing that. Okay, I, and, and then understanding them and taking a step back and kind of seeing that from from the outside perspective. And
0: yeah, I think I, I mean uh, we're all, you know, we're learning every we we all learn every day and you know want to get better, um, but it's it's taking that kind of criticism and being able to look at yourself in the mirror and saying, here's what I did well, here's what I'm not doing well. And like I said, I, I've never considered myself a great salesperson, but uh, I've been fortunate enough to have some great salespeople around me and you know, learning from them um, has, has helped me a lot.
1: I think that's what makes you a great salesperson because you don't, you don't think you're a great salesperson. <laughs> you,
0: you, you, you're, not, you're not drinking your own juice.
1: You're just, you know, it, it's, you're still so pushing. You're also an open book and trying to learn and, and grow and change. And I'm a big believer in that too, that right when you think you have it figured out, It changes and you you know nothing so it's always constantly learning and here's
0: a great great example of that you know if you're still doing what you've always done you know you you know you're you're not going to get too far
1: no not at all and then even moving you know forward it's taking what you did this and now when we when we get the the no it doesn't fit my budget or no that's too expensive those
0: are the the easy you know oh, objectives yeah. for us to
1: come over. I'll we know that what to say. Yeah.
0: It's not like, hey man, I don't want to die. Like, right? That's a big. That's a big objective to have to to get over. And uh, I, I don't have that answer. Like, no, no, I don't. We got
1: hot dogs. Available. <laughs> <laughs> like we we'll do this. So kind of in closing, because we're running out, and the Instagram cuts me off after an hour. Um, do you have a funny or like an awkward sales story from your time in sports, or maybe that something went wrong or? Or, or something to kind of you know get people there's, to laugh
0: and I mean there's lots, uh, but I'll I'll give you my favorite one uh, and I'll do it quickly because I, I you know I, I don't want to run over time. Um, driving through Tampa, Florida, torrential da- dra- downpour and the streets down there don't flood real well. Uh, don't don't retain water real. So there's there's you know a lot of flooding, and I'm driving through a nice neighborhood in South Tampa and I go over a speed bump and blah 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 water comes rushing over my hood and my car dies and I'm stuck there on the side of the road. And it's in the middle of a near hurricane, bad rainstorm. So it's, it's a while before the tow truck can get out there and save me. Um, and I get a knock on the door and it's one of the people that live on the street that say, Hey, I saw you, you were stuck here. Do you need anything? Do you need to use a phone? Here's a bottle of water. And um, I got the guy's uh, number. And I was able to um, – well, and I knew the address because I was stuck in front of his house for three hours. But I, I sent him I sent him a, you know, a handwritten letter. I put my business card in. I said, if I can ever be a resource, you let me know. And he uh, he called me a few days later. He had recently moved down there from Cleveland. He was a big Browns fan, missed football. Uh, he was a season ticket holder. And he ended up buying four club seats, you know, expensive, high-end <laughs> season tickets. So it was uh, – just one of those really weird circumstances, but we became good friends, and uh, it was a great story. And then whenever it rained in Tampa, uh, my manager go <laughs> Seth. What what neighborhood are <laughs> you breaking down in uh, today? Um, you know, get out there and, and sell some some club seats. Man, that is awesome. So you just was, just driving to
1: work, or were you just driving? Or are you going like? I was on my so. way
0: back from playing basketball at the at you know one of the local parks. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, it started a downpour. So we ran out. In fact, that's the most tragic part of the story. Is I ruined a pair of Jordan Six rings that Ray Allen had given all of the ball boys for Christmas one year, and I totally ruined no. them. Uh, you know, hiking through the you know the waters. And, uh, it was uh, that's that's the saddest part of of what what ended up being a funny, happy story. That I mean, that's that's pretty tragic to, to ruin. Was, I'm to heartbroken. Those. Yeah.
1: Now I do remember our time um, where we went down to Greenland, New Hampshire, and got into the Nike uh, employee store. I reference uh, it
0: all the time. It, it was, was like, it was like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. I mean, I just went skipping through and touching and, and touching everything and buying as much as I could on a. You came out with G-League like six salary. boxes. It, like six, it, I, still, I, mean, I still have
1: a few pairs. I'm sure. Oh yeah, I I got the I got a pair that I haven't even worn. Since those days, it's still sitting in the closet. Anytime
0: you want to go back and do that again, you can count me in. Uh, they
1: close it down, so I don't want to mm, – Yeah, yeah, it, yeah it was that's rough. sad. But, so but let me ask you this, though. Last question. You're sure. a sneakerhead. What's your favorite pair of shoes in your, in your, your collection of what you have?
0: Uh, uh, I mean, a, I'm a big Jordan 4, Jordan 11 guy, uh, but my favorite pair is a pair of uh, Air Force Ones. It was the Beantown Limited Edition. And they're, okay. you know, they're, they're made to kind of like look like a Fenway brick facade and they have the big Ooh. B on it um, for Boston and says, you know, Beantown off it. was a very limited run that uh, I had a buddy um, pull some aside uh, that I was going by, uh, buy off of him. You know, it was one of those kind of like back alley through it over the wall <laughs> of the city sports in Boston back, back when. Um, so, like, me and, and a bunch of my friends were able to get, get a pair, uh, you know, before they went on sale. That's probably my favorite pair.
1: That's a favorite pair. That's awesome. I'll still that. wear
0: that to, uh, to some, some Fenway games uh, when, oh, yeah. I, when I get a get a night off and I get to be a fan. I know. Right. Have you ever won one of the uh, the sneaker app drops? One, like tried? once or twice. I've gotten lucky you once have? or twice. It seems what? to get harder and harder. Yeah. Uh, and, and, I mean, I just want you to take my – my money, just make more sneakers. <laughs> it, ki- it kills me as a sales guy. Like I get the exclusivity and, you know, we want people lining up for it and we want a secondary market, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, as a sales guy, I want the last item I have for there to be a buyer for it or two buyers for it so that yeah. it has a resale value. But it just drives me crazy that there's so many people that want to hand you money and you just don't, don't have the sneakers for it. No, we don't want your money. No, we don't want your money. Yeah. That'd be no so nice. Can you, can you imagine? Like, like, I, can't, I can't imagine. I have this money I'd like to give to you, sir. Please take right. it. I'd like to. You're give. making it really hard. I just want to wear <laughs> these sneakers on my feet. It's a tough way to start a Saturday morning, too, is when you lose yeah. out on a sneaker you really wanted. Yeah, um, I, I've tried a couple
1: times. I haven't got lucky. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm holding out. Uh, the rumor is they're gonna bring back out the Wolf Gray 11. The Wolf Gray
0: 11s. So those, yeah, uh, those are my
1: favorite all time shoe.
0: You and I will figure figure that one. So we'll we'll get a lot of uh, a lot of people going in for that for
1: that. For I, sure, I sure hope so. Everyone, listen to this. Who has a has an in works at a, a city Please. sports? Yeah, let us throw them over the back door. <laughs> let, let us know. <laughs> let us know. We'll go from there. <laughs> well, Seth, man, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Um, this has been fun.
0: It's been awesome. It's uh it's truly an honor. Like I said, I'm a big fan uh, of what you're doing, man. Uh, keep it up. Uh, we'll, we'll keep listening.
1: And there it is from the two-time champion. Episode 120 is a wrap. It's done. Yes, I reference him being two-time champion. Man, he's got two professional rings. I just want a minor league ring. That's all I want. That's what I'm pushing for. He's got two of them. Share the wealth, man. Uh, but there it is, Seth, thank you so much for jumping on, it meant the world to me that you took the time out of your day, and you sat down, and uh, we, had, we had a great conversation, it was really fun, the time just flew by, so I hope you made it through the episode, uh, I hope you were able to pull some information away and add into your own sales process, I think there's a lot of good you know, knowledge in there, and that, that story of turning a bad situation into a good situation, even on like an off day, where you come back from playing basketball, you bottom out on your car, and you sell some guys some, some premium season tickets it's just being on the whole time and building those relationships and I think that's that's great knowledge for for people and and just being all over the industry I think is you can learn everything and work your ass off and go for it and you can chase it. So Seth, thank you so much for jumping on. Um if you enjoyed the episode, shoot me over a follow. I'm going to follow you back. Let's be friends on social media at Sports Sales Coffee on Instagram, Facebook, and on TikTok, at SSC underscore podcast on Twitter, Sports Sales and Coffee on LinkedIn, or hit me up on email, Sports Sales Coffee at gmail.com if you have any ideas for an episode or or if you think there'd be someone great to jump on SSC Live with, I'm more than down. I've really enjoyed these segments. I'm getting more comfortable personally doing them. So I want to do more of them maybe every two weeks and and I hope it translates. So if there's someone you think I should I should bring on they'd be down hit me up sign my DMs let me know Please, if you can, like, subscribe, and comment to wherever you listen to the podcast. Leave that review. Continue to tell a friend to tell a friend. And, uh, hey, until next time, I'll see you out there. If you got the opportunity to go sell something, I know it's tough right now, but go sell something. Peace!